It's time to get in the zone. The Fantasy Football Zone. Hey guys, where else would you rather be? Get involved with the show by following us on Twitter at DraftThatGuy. Want a piece of that championship? Put it in here. This is the Fantasy Football Zone. Welcome back in Fantasy Football Zone. It is PJ. Hope you're doing good so far this fantasy season. Hopefully you're coming off a win this week. If not, we'll try to help you out. Rotowire.com's Jake Latarski will join us in minutes as we go over the matchups, recap everything and the storylines going on in fantasy right now. Okay, week four. This game has been obviously dominating all the headlines. The return as Tom Brady makes his way back to New England to take on Bill Belichick and the Patriots. And some history going to be made in this game on Sunday night. Brady is most likely going to become the NFL's all-time leading passer. He just needs 68 passing yards to surpass Drew Brees, so that most likely will happen probably early on in the game. Probably, I'd say, first quarter. And who knows? First drive, maybe the way the offense is going for the Buccaneers so far this season. But special that he'll do that in a place where he won all the championships, set the records in the beginning. So that is kind of ironic and special that could happen for Brady coming up this Sunday. Also, other guys that will be moving up on the passing charts, Aaron Rodgers and Pittsburgh quarterback Ben Roethlisberger can each move up the all-time passing ranks so far. Uh, Rodgers ranks 7th right now with 418 touchdown passes. He can surpass Pro Football Hall of Famer Dan Marino and Phillip Rivers for the 5th most all-time if he throws at least 3 touchdowns coming up Sunday. Uh, Speaking of Roethlisberger, he has 399 touchdown passes. He could become the 8th quarterback all-time with 400 career touchdown passes as well in that matchup against Steelers and Packers. We're going to talk more about that coming up as well later on in the show. Okay, Patrick Mahomes obviously coming off of a loss. I think it's the first time he's had a September loss in his career, but he's going to be making his 50th career start with the Chiefs as uh, they visit to take on the Philadelphia Eagles this Sunday. He has 15,092 passing yards, 123 touchdown passes so far in his five-year career. That is the most by a quarterback in his first 50 career starts. In fact, he's just trailing Ken the Snake Stabler of the Oakland Raiders for all-time winning percentage. Stabler went 49-1 and in his first 50 starts. That's amazing. Mahomes, 39-10. and And again, he looks to continue this streak that he rolls along here as he is tied for second in the league with nine touchdown passes so far this season and has recorded three touchdown passes in each of his first three games. So he's looking to continue that streak as well. Hey, Derek Carr, still the NFL's leading passer, 1,203 yards so far. And he has recorded at least 325 passing yards in five consecutive games dating back to week 16 of last year, which is tied for the second longest streak all time. So again, sneaking under the radar is Carr with his streak. And with 297 passing yards against the Chargers coming up on Monday Night Football, Carr would become the fifth quarterback in league history with at least 1,500 passing yards through his team's first four games of a season. Think about that. He could already hit that 1,500 mark in just four games if he has 297 yards on Monday night. Most likely it could happen the way they've been uh, pretty pass-happy so far. Subscribe to the Fantasy Football Zone and give us a five-star rating while you're at it. This is the Fantasy Football Zone. And welcome back in the Fantasy Football Zone. And once again, Jake Latarski from Rotowire joining us. How are you doing this week, Jake? Hey, we're doing great. The Packers definitely exceeded my expectations. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I was heavily invested in Justin Herbert this year. He had a real nice fantasy game, so I did great in fantasy this week. Want a little money in DFS. I mean, you know, we're doing nice. great all around. 
That's nice. Always good when you're winning a little money. And like you said, the Packers, you, you knew the all-time. They were going to score with 37 seconds left. No doubt about it. Yep. Yeah, it's it's almost like the same. It's like the same meme, the same guy, you know, <laughs> laughing on the road, like, like with the Cowboys, right? Like you yeah. gave Aaron Rodgers 40 seconds. Um, but no, that was an amazing game. They exceeded my expectations, definitely. And, uh, you know, sorry to any Bears fans that are tuning in, but I just want to go off on a tangent about what a good coach looks like and what a bad coach looks like, because I need to give all the credit in the world to Matt LaFleur. Of course, his players went out and executed executed but he was bringing in extra protection I mean they didn't have Elgin Jenkins right and then of course back Tiari's out so I was worried about just getting Rodgers healthy and upright through that game you know with Bosa coming in but what, what LaFleur did is he designed the, the game around short passes and brought in extra protection and carved up a game plan that was you know put his players up for success now on the opposite side of that spectrum I talk about Matt Nagy and the yeah. Bears so sorry sorry to all the Bears fans out there you you bring in Justin Fields your rookie and I think the majority of coverage I think Rex Ryan was going off on this in one of his shows the majority of your coverage was five man protection and look what happens he gets sacked nine times I mean I mean you're not giving him any chance to be successful there it's almost like you know Matt Nagy wants to prove himself right that he's uh, in starting Dalton off the bat and that whole thing's just a mess I mean over under like one and a half two and a half more weeks of Nagy sticking around there of course (laughs) as Packer fans I I suppose the majority listening to the show he could be their coach forever for all I care but just not going to happen. It was painful watching that game because Fields, you heard all the hype, and you know he had the great preseason, so like, here we go. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he did not help him out one bit in that game. And back to your point, too, with Rodgers, yeah, had great job by LaFleur, that young offensive line. You knew they were you know, a little inexperienced, but uh, that game mm-hmm. plan was just awesome that he had. Now, again, yeah, there were some questions about the game you know, the calling down the stretch if, you know, they were, you know, should have maybe run out a little more clock or not or, you know, that. But for the most part, they did Mm -hmm. what he designed, what they needed to do to win the game. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely, I can't blame Usechek for scoring for the 49ers. You know, should he have gotten down? Probably. Yeah. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, he's he's been trained his whole life to bowl over people and get into the end zone. You know, you know that's what a fullback does. So, and, and yeah, those calls were a little outrageous. I was surprised to see Devontae get up and get back in the game to be, even be available on that last drive. Because I know, you know, back around the time we were thinking about extending him, you know, there were a few early concussion, you know, issues and, he popped right up and he apparently must have cleared protocol and was ready to go. So, uh, you know, Packer fans and, uh, you know, fantasy football players that used what was a first round pick on Devontae can breathe that sigh of relief. He's looking good. He's looking like his normal self. Well, other fantasy uh, highlights or lowlights, I guess, for this week. Yeah, injured running back stars became a trend. It started Thursday night. Christian McCaffrey, a hamstring issue. We were talking about Dalvin Cook last week. We weren't sure if he was going to be able to go. Turns out he was an inactive for game day. I mean, Josh Jacobs, too, in Las Vegas, that he continues to be out with injury. So some star running backs out. You know, what do you do in this situation? Who can you rely on? We know the number mm-hmm. one big waiver wire. We're going to get to it. Yeah. You know, he's the big name right now. But what else can we do in these situations? Yeah, absolutely. So Delvin Cook, he has had some ankle issues in the past. You know, I fell a few classes short of my medical degree. But from what I understand of this ankle injury, it seems like something that, you know, if, if it were a playoff game, maybe you could tape it up, shoot it up and 
mm-hmm. a real good tape job and all that. And he could be out there playing here pretty soon. So while Alexander Madison looked great last week in a great matchup here, um, and he's someone that Cook owners definitely want to be trying to acquire if they haven't already, because there are going to be a couple games over the course of a 17-game season this happens to. Madison will be helpful, but for the most part, I would expect Cook to be back this week, I think. McCaffrey, on the other hand, I'm very worried about because this hamstring, it's more of a soft tissue injury, yeah. and you never know. They say they're not going to put him on IR. I wouldn't be shocked if they flipped that, did a full 360 on that, or I guess a 180 it would be, yeah. if they flipped that around and, and, and changed their mind here because you just don't know, and you know he has such high usage among running backs. You know, it's him and, and Najee Harris that are atop the uh, the NFL and running back usage. And, and, you know, they run him into the ground so yes. much that there'll be a re-injury risk. And then, of course, the, uh, you know, the indeterminate amount of time, a hamstring injury, who the heck knows? And, of course, when we get to waivers, you know, Chuba Hubbard, will, of course, yep. will top everybody's list there. And I'll touch on the Oakland backfield, too, while we're here. Yeah. You know, you know, Jacobs, I, th- I think he's a good player. He fits what Gruden wants to run, but he's been very difficult to count on. There's always been a bumper bruiser, too, and even when he's been out there, he's not 100%. What confuses me is the Raiders went and made, you know, Kenyon Drake a top 20, maybe around top 15 paid back in the league, yeah. but they're still going to go out and let Peyton Barber uh, run their offense here. And, you know, we saw the we saw the carry distribution this past week. Uh, you know, Peyton Barber was getting an, a pretty outrageous amount of uh, of uh, of touch just here he had more snaps than than uh Kenyon Drake you know by about 10% more significantly more carries and the targets are about relatively equal so it seems like Peyton Barber is is the back to roster there but we'll see you know some of this could be a little game flip game script dependent here uh with uh, the Raiders you know it, it was a close game throughout but in games where the Raiders are leading big uh you, it'll be a barber show and when they're trailing It'll, it'll kind of be more, you know, for Kenyon Drake here until Jacobs comes back. You know, I'm not saying you can cut a guy like that. Yeah. And if you trade any of those players that we've talked about, you're selling so low, um, you know, unless you, I could see maybe trying to get something for McCaffrey, but uh, you know, you're just, you're selling so low. I have such a hard time doing that. Uh, another thing while we're in the backfield is going to get to, uh, you know, some of these other timeshare backfield situations that are out there. I mean, you, you're in the draft and you're thinking, well, I got to take this guy. Cause you know, he might start and he might not because of those situations that are going around the league, Buffalo, Miami, others come popping to mind. I mean, here we go. Zach Moss, mm-hmm. two straight weeks where he's a touchdown vulture. Now do I start him or, or not. I mean, who should we avoid? And who's the best option with some of these uh, backfields that are for sure timeshares? Yeah, so the Buffalo backfield is one of the most interesting ones. Of course, we had Zach Moss be an active week one. Yeah. Hopefully you jumped on any owners that prematurely cut him in, in fantasy here. Um, but this is there are two problems here with Devin Singletary becoming the lead back, of course, losing touches to Moss. And and two, you know, I'm pulling this from one of our, uh, you know, our Rotowire backfield breakdown articles. The Bills scored 43 points this week and the running backs combined only had 21.7 PPR points. <laughs> so in a massive win where they're scoring 40 points, you still have Josh Allen, you know, wanting to throw in the red zone and also definitely has the ability to run in the red zone. Uh, I, you know, on the bright side, we can say Matt Breed is pretty safely out of the picture. He was a healthy scratch there, but Zach Moss outsnapped and outcarried Devin Singletary. And if he's scoring the touchdowns until further notice, he's the back to roster though. In my 14 team stake league, I still think I'm going to start uh, Devin Singletary this week in a flex mm-hmm. spot because I believe they have the Texans and that's a, that's gonna, That should be a glorious matchup with another very good game script in which both running backs can absolutely uh, produce here. 
And the other one, what do we have here? The Dolphins Dolph- that we have yeah. to talk about? I just this- uh, Do we have to? Yeah. <laughs> we, we could talk Jets, too, if we really want to get deep into it. But, I mean. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the Dolphins are a little bit more interesting here. Uh it seems like Miles Gaskins, the guy, both in snapshare and and in carries and, and in targets, you know, across the board, it's Miles Gaskin. Brown got Miami's first two inside the five carries this week, but he didn't score on either of those. The, the Malcolm Brown touchdown was from 24 yards out in the first quarter here. Mm-hmm. This is a, you know, these, we obviously, this is going to be tough sledding here, you know, with, uh, you know, lower quarterback play here with uh, yeah. Jacoby Brissett than we were initially expecting. But the guy is Gaskin. He's going to get most of the volume he will fluctuate around um you know rb2 rb3 in most weeks i think we have him as rb29 this week against the colts so Mm -hmm. really not a startable guy if you have any other options and we'll get to you know the waiver in a little bit here um but yeah so gaskin is the guy to roster but you can be prepared at least brown seems to be getting some of those red zone opportunities and Brown's kind of been a red zone vulture, you know, with the Rams pretty much anywhere he's been. So nothing too shocking there. I wouldn't worry too much about Selvin Ahmed only on the field for 6.1% of the snaps here. So Gaskin's your guy. There is a clear cut guy, but um, the offense is one that you don't necessarily want to be heavily exposed to. And uh, and you just don't have a ton of upside rolling him out there week to week. Well, up next, I want to talk about the Rams offense. It looks like it is back to where it was a couple of years ago. They got this thing rolling. Stafford, the one thing I'm, you know, I'm questioning though is those wide receivers. We, it, you know, surefire number one looks like Cooper Cup, but then you know you got Robert Woods, Deshaun Jackson. will slide in here every so week. I mean, they'll have others pop up as well. Is this a good problem to have a Rams wide receiver mm-hmm. on your radar or rostered? Because it looks like it, it could be good, but also a little inconsistent if you have someone who's not Cooper Cup. Yeah. So first and foremost, I mean, you know, hats off to Cooper Cup. Him and Stafford seem to have a very, very special connection, and it's looking very much like Cooper Cup could end up being wide receiver one overall by the end of the year so you know with him aside his his stellar production aside let's look at the rest here I know people have kind of been hitting the panic button on Robert Woods um, but he is still out there on the field more than any of the of the uh, Rams receivers you know for perspective Woods was on the field for 87.3 percent of the snaps to only 81% for Cooper Cup. He only ran three less routes than Cooper Cup. He ran 33 routes compared. And then you look at a guy like Deshaun Jackson, who had a big game, but he was only on the field for 31.7%, less than a third of the snaps, and he ran less than half the routes that Robert Woods did. So I always try to look at opportunity. You don't want to chase box scores and think you're going to you're going to pick up Deshaun Jackson and start him. You're going to have weeks with zero points. You're going to have weeks with 15 points, and that's how that is uh, with Deshaun Jackson. Um, so he should probably stay on the waiver wire in most weeks and I wouldn't worry too much about Robert Woods like I said you know he's he's tied for second in in, in targets he's getting the routes he's getting the snaps eventually the production here is going to follow here and the other guy kind of in the mix is Van Jefferson yeah I think this uh this offense is productive enough to be able to host, you know, three, four passing game options, especially with Tyler Higby. And they had a bad running back situation here to begin with. You know, it was Sony Michelle getting all the action with Daryl Henderson inactive here. So it was definitely a wide receiver heavy game plan. And I think Van Jefferson has some 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 value absolutely in dynasty leagues, but it's still Cooper Cup one one, Robert Woods, I'd say two. And I think Robert Woods, the opportunity is looking good enough for him to, to, to come around on. All right, so we'll back off the panic alert button there, but we have to issue some, it looks like. Who are you thinking uh, so far? Panic alert, 
right now? Yeah. So there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of guys that we've been definitely discussing here that, uh, that I want to, that I want to talk about it and, and kind of give some updates on, um, Saquon Barkley. He's a guy that we thought we panic on quite a bit, but he was second among running backs on the week three usage leaderboard. And of course scored his first touchdown. So I'm backing off on him a little bit. I, Cannot for the life of me, though, explain the usage of Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders here. He was only got, what, three carries uh, on Monday night football in a game. And you would think that game script, you know, them being behind for the most part would uh, would would help his case. You know, they would throw more passes to him. Yeah. But Hertz seems to be locked in on the tight ends. Sanders only carried the ball twice for 27 yards. And one of those was a 24 yard play. So why they're not going back to that is, is really astounding me. He did catch three of his four targets. Um, so I'm a little bit worried about that usage. And of course, Kenneth Gainwell is around, but uh, you know, Miles Sanders is the guy on the field. So I'm kind of watching him a little bit, still starting him as RB two. Um, and, 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 you know, you just, you got to wait and see, I suppose um, some other guys, I mean, we were ready to pull full on panic alerts on Clyde Edwards, Alaire, yeah. who, when he fumbled early in this game, which they <laughs> lost and looked bad, by the way, uh, I thought, oh, oh, we were done. He was the guy who I thought we were OK, but suddenly he's coming back. He broke the century mark. He's looking more elusive a little bit. I think he's getting healthier and it's still an offense. You want a piece of they don't really have viable backups. And then, of course, you have Ezekiel Elliott uh, looking just like himself. I mean, Tony Pollard did get 11 carries here on Monday Night Football, um, but those guys are back and uh when the Cowboys are running like they are and they're looking like the best team in this division, Ezekiel Elliott's going to be himself. I think we can write off week one as a really bad matchup. But you listed one. I don't want to steal your thunder. No, uh, you can't. You listed a panic guy who I'm who I'm all on board with. Yeah, I, I thought oh, right right away, yeah. Allen Robinson, I'm like, he has just disappeared. They haven't even really featured him in any of their game plans, as you just talked about with this terrible plan Nagy had against Cleveland. They have not even mm-hmm. tried to get him the ball, it looks like, or design anything to get him to their best, you know, arguably their best offensive option. Yeah, yeah. This was uh this is a quite a bit scary here because Darnell Mooney, who was hurt in practice throughout the week, ended up with ninety-seven point six percent snap share. Allen Robinson, eighty-eight point one percent. Nothing to uh panic too much about, but I just I, I don't yeah, I, it's inexplicable. Yeah. I don't know. And what we can expect. What we, what can we expect from this quarterback play? Obviously, yeah. they need to make some adjustments in pass protection. Um, but I don't think Allen Robinson is startable really until further notice. He's not a drop guy. Again, these guys are so tough. It's fantasy purgatory, I call it, right? Yes. You can't really just cut him on the waiver wire, but you can't put him in your starting lineup. And nobody really wants to trade for them either. And do you really want to trade them at their absolute lowest value? Eventually, you know, we'll see a coaching replacement here in Chicago. And, you know, maybe they can get somebody with a clue in to scheme this a little bit better. Um, but Allen Robinson is a guy that definitely worries me. He's on the field. He's out there. You know, he's but only targeted six times. I mean, they're not throwing that many in a game that they lost by 20 points where the game flow should be in his favor. Tons of concern there. All right. We're going to the waiver wire. Those prospects, not going to lie myself. Thursday night, I saw the injury happen and I jumped on my leagues and I put in for Chubba Hubbard. And I, I made sure I put up the most amount mm-hmm. I could to try to get him. And I was rewarded for, you know, jumping the gun on that today. So obviously he's like the number one yep. get right now, right? Yeah, yeah. He's the number one across, you know, everything here. And if you're uh if you're a McCaffrey owner that did not that chose not to handcuff him, or if you're uh in any in any way, shape, or form, uh Chuba Hubbard should be about fifty percent or greater even uh, of your fab budget here. He's absolutely, I think, worth using your time on because because 
again, now the Panthers didn't commit to putting McCaffrey on IR, but those soft tissue injuries worry me a whole lot. Now, the one difference between this year and last year for the Panthers is that the Panthers are actually competitive. You know, they have a good team and I think they'll be competitive down the stretch. So they won't have, they won't quite be as incentivized to, uh, you know, to keep McCaffrey on the sidelines here, but, but Hubbard, I mean, he comes in with a pretty strong resume. He looks like the real deal. Uh, he played 70% of the snaps in the second quarter of that game, over 80%. In the fourth, you know, you look, you want to look at the distribution here. He finished the game with a 40 to 11 snap advantage over Royce Freeman. Is Royce Freeman, if you're in a really deep league, maybe worth a $1 bid? Sure, you know, just in case here. Mm-hmm. But uh, but Hubbard's usage, it's going to remind us a lot of Mike Davis last year. And if you were a guy that picked up Mike Davis after Christian McCaffrey went down, um, you got very, very good production and, you know, RB2 value every week here. So it's going to be a few weeks for hamstring. For for McCaffrey, yeah. it's going to be tough to uh, give him an exact estimate here, but I'm willing to put my chips in in this case and bet on you know maybe a conservative approach or a lengthier lengthier absence here for McCaffrey and make Hubbard the number one overall pickup this week. Who are some other guys you think down the line that you see eh, maybe keep an eye on? Yeah, so I'll give a couple. I know we've kind of talked about Tim Patrick in past weeks. Yeah, he wasn't he was never that exciting of a guy, but his availability is still out there in a lot of leagues. And we still have Jerry Judy out and then KJ Hamler suffered a season ending injury this week. And I had probably talked about Hamler as a sleeper guy, you know, a deep target. Of course, the injury bug hit and that's not really going to work out. So now Tim Patrick, he's steady. He's consistent. You know, he's not necessarily the sexiest fantasy pickup, but he's a guy that's going to be out there. I would imagine. Imagine for over 80% of the snaps and be second on that team in targets here, uh, you know, after Cortland Sutton, who could, who also gets a big uh, price increase here. And I want to throw a couple tight ends. I mean, Conklin from the Vikings, Schultz from the Cowboys. Again, I don't like to chase box scores too much, but those guys are looking like they're going to have, uh, they're both going to have meaningful roles in this offense and could sneak into top 10 tight end territories. And then I want to do a couple kind of deeper sleeper wide receivers here that you might want to look at. Say you're, say you got outbid on Hubbard this week. Say, uh, you know, Madison was actually uh, from the Vikings. I want to touch on that. He was yeah. only around 30% rostered in some Yahoo leagues last week. Wow. So, of course, another player you should be, uh, you should be targeting here, but let me give you some deeper sleepers here. I want to look to the giants because uh, their wide receiver situation is looking a little bit rough. I believe both Sterling Shepard and, um, and what was it? Slayton. They're both dealing with hamstring injuries. We know Kenny Galladay's injury history. There's a first round draft pick sitting fourth on that wide receiver depth chart. His name is Kadarius Tony. Um, didn't have the greatest of offseason. You don't have the greatest quarterback play here, but he might luck himself in opportunity here, especially he he kind of he's a slot guy that mirrors a little bit what's what Sterling Shepard does. And if we get, you know, the practice reports don't look positive on Shepard throughout the week. Tony's a guy you look at and I want to touch on the Baltimore wide receiving core. Uh, you know, their defenses has been hit with as many injuries are almost as their offense this year. And Marquise Brown was kind of plagued with some drop issues last week. A guy real deep, Rashad Bateman, you know, he was a very early draft pick. He was hurt to start the year. He just got cleared to practice this week. He was a first round draft pick. I'm, you know, looking that up, a Minnesota guy that us here in Badger country might be uh, familiar with. But, you know, they, they used a lot of draft capital on him. He's coming back. There's room for somebody to advance here in this uh, in this position group. So uh, Bateman would be a deep, deep sleeper that you might want to take a look at. Not someone you pick up and start right away. But, you know, if you're doing your job 
as a fantasy football manager here, you're looking at your roster every single week and thinking about your two worst guys on your bench and can I improve them or can I get them with upside? Or maybe you did take Hamler or someone like that or a James White who's looking like he's going to go on IR. Uh, maybe you took one of those guys. You can always fill your uh, roster to the max with with sleepers like this. So uh, Bateman and Tony are two guys kind of long-term I'm keeping an eye on. Time now for Studs and Duds. <laughs> studs and duds time which is turning into do the opposite um i had the worst all-time <laughs> call of all time last week don't i said i didn't say don't start i just said maybe temper the expectations on josh allen this week and <laughs> he was uh qb1 this week yeah. right so yeah yeah i mean he was the best i mean I, I was touting daniel jones a little bit he didn't look so hot we'll, we'll, we'll give it another try this week you know sometimes we want to get a little bold with these yes. and uh you know, and that's what people like to listen to. So we'll, exactly. we'll, we'll keep it up. We're not going to back off on the boldness necessarily. Anyone can pick Mahomes. I'm just saying it's easy. So we're going out on yeah. a branch here. All right. We'll start it off running back position. I'll let you go first. Here's a, who's a stud running back this week. Yeah. So the Seattle Seahawks have been relatively awful against the run. And I know the Packers did a pretty good job bottling up the Niners here on Sunday night, but I'm going to look to uh, it's, this is kind of a slashed one. I want to see what Elijah Mitchell does practice wise this week, but it could be Trey Sermon against the Seahawks. If there is a weak period for Trey Sermon owners to uh, feel vindicated about those picks, it's this week against the Seattle Seahawks because the matchup is there and the surrounding injuries to him on the backfield. I mean, yeah, he technically got out snapped by use check. I think, I don't know how long that that is actually going to continue, especially now that opposing defense can defenses can plan for him being the third yeah. down back a little bit, but I'm looking to Trey Sermon or maybe Elijah Mitchell. If he gets in there, um, I think they're going to have good games against Seattle. Uh, my stud for this week at running back, I'm going to go with Joe Mixon. I think he's going to have a big, big game against Jacksonville. I mean, that could be a little easy to say since Jacksonville giving up a lot of yards on the defensive end right now, but you know, Mixon always one of those guys. He he could have a solid game here and there, but I think you know this Cincinnati offense is really starting to come together. They're looking like something good now with Joe Burrow at the helm, and uh, mm-hmm. I think Mixon could have a big game. I think PPR wise, he could have a pretty decent output as well this week against the Jaguars. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have him ranked as RB five, so definitely. Uh, I'm going right, on right a limb there. there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I wanted to throw in Antonio Gibson too. I like the yeah. way that he's uh, starting, and he was. We have him as RB fifteen this week. Gets the Falcons. This is another solid opportunity for him. All right, Dud running back this week. Yeah, so Tyson Williams is a guy that obviously you wanted to get early on in the season. And, you know, some people I've probably even been guilty of calling him a league winner. But this week we have him as RB18 for a couple of reasons. Broncos are a tough opponent. They're number two against opposing running backs this year. We've got at least a three game sample size to think about this. So we can start looking at DVP a little bit. Defense versus position is what I mean there. And then the other part is uh, Tyson Williams has only gotten around 50 percent of the snap share in each of those games. Latavius Murray has crept up in there. And, and, you know, now Devontae Freeman got a little bit of action here and they're not really using Tyson Williams in the red zone a ton. So, uh, those factors, he can be productive despite a lot of those factors, but then you throw the matchup on top and he's a guy that, you know, you might look to other options this week. My, uh, dud this week, I'm going to go with Chris Carson for Seattle. I just think that San Francisco defense, they're going to respond again, back at home, bad taste in their mouth against uh, the Packers and that loss. And Carson, you know, obviously he's been off to a pretty decent start here, but uh, I, I think that they'll be able to uh, somehow temper him a little bit and make Russ throw a little bit more in this game. So I think Chris Carson not going to have the best game in the world coming up this Sunday. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, even looking to how the the you know they defended the Packers. Aaron Jones had, of course, a pretty good game here, but I, I Carson to me is a little bit closer to AJ Dillon, and AJ Dillon got yeah. bottled up pretty quite a bit by by that defense here. So so yeah, I'll, I'll definitely give you that one. All right, stud quarterback this week. Who we got? I'm going to go out on a limb. Uh, I don't think it's going out on a limb that much, maybe a little bit, but anyone who watched Monday Night Football saw uh, Jalen Hurts get, uh, yeah. you know, he he did not perform for three quarters. But then in the fourth quarter, that came garbage time, and he ended up having a 20-point fantasy day in a lot, yes. in a lot of uh, things. So if you're just looking at your fantasy roster, not watching the game, you probably thought he did pretty good. I think he's going to come out and have another solid game. He's got the Chiefs at home. Um even if he doesn't play well, once again, if he dials in on the tight ends too much, you know, decides he's going to ignore Rager or Devontae Smith's not doing his thing. Even if he's not great early, he's uh, the rushing always brings up the floor and and then there'll be garbage time at the end here. And, you know, Kansas City will want to bounce back, too, but their defense has not looked great at all this week. So you've got the possibility of a, of a pretty good defensive matchup, a guy going back to the drawing board with plenty of weapons, trying to, uh, you know, trying to improve, trying to get better every week, you know, and, and he's in the stage of that career where you can expect week to week improvements. And then you've got the possibility for garbage time. All those factors add up and we're putting Jalen hurts, you know, the Monday night football aside, we're putting him at QB seven this week on road All right. I'm going to go with, uh, man, Josh Darnold. I mean, he's been Sam Darnold, I should say. I'm going to go with him because, <laughs> I mean, I've just been surprised so far that this is working with this Carolina offense. I was blown away. He has 888 passing yards. And I was looking at the stats. I'm like, mm-hmm. let's 10 more than Dak Prescott. And we think Dak is off to this huge stop, start. Darnold has got just, mm-hmm. a, he's got more passing yards than him, uh, three touchdowns so far. So, I mean, we've talked about, obviously, Hubbard's going to get a lot of looks probably in this game, but that Dallas secondary, now, they might be improved. I know Diggs now, three interceptions, had that pick six Monday night. So they might be getting a little better, but... I'm liking Sam Donald so far, so I'm going to roll with him as a stud this week. Yeah, and, and people tend to forget that there are, you know, one of the beneficiaries, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but when we get to wide receivers, but some of the wide receivers will benefit too uh, with McCaffrey gone with some more targets to go around. And Darnold, you know, now that he's out of that Jets situation, yes. out, you know, away from Gase and, and fully on his own, he's he's having a resurgence that reminds me almost of like a Ryan Tannehill, you know, with the Titans yep. over the last couple of years. So, uh, so I, you know, I, I agree with that too. We have him as quarterback 21 this week. Um, part of it's tough with quarterbacks because most of the guys ranked in the top 10, top 15 have reasonable matchups. They're, they're not yeah. a ton of matchups here. You want to jump and run away from and find a streamer, but for, you know, your DFS, you know, the yeah. FanDuel DraftKings, that kind of thing, that's all legal in Wisconsin. That's something that you might want to think about. And of course your two quarterback leagues, you're almost certainly giving him a start. All right, Dud quarterback this week. Yeah. I just touched on Tannehill. Maybe I was, uh, you know, foreshadowing yeah. a little bit there, but, uh, We've got Tannehill at QB 16. There's a lot going against him this week. Number one, first and foremost, he could be without A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown got a little bit banged up, and uh, that is has been his favorite target, at least in the passing game, over the last couple years here. And then, of course, the Jets somehow. Now, now granted, it's pro- partially has to do with them you know, getting way behind in games, but they're also the number two defense against the opposing quarterbacks this year. Some sample size issues there, but uh, I'm not sure I like Tannehill this week. I think this is the game that they lean heavy on Derrick Henry, get a comfortable lead, and then not really have to sling it around much in the fourth quarter. All right, this may be low-hanging fruit. No, I'm not going to go with the Bears. But um, Kirk Cousins, I think a dud performance is in hand here. That Cleveland defense, nine sacks last week against the Bears. The Vikings offensive line, 
a little better than the Bears, but they're not that great. I think Miles Garrett and Clowney, they could mm-hmm. just they might have a big day again. And, you know, maybe game plan too. I think they might want to run it more either if it is Cook or Madison. I think they rely a little heavier on that. I think a game script wise, it might be come down to one of those kind of games that Coach Zimmer would like is, you know, round and run and pound kind of game. So I think uh, Kirk Cousins coming mm-hmm. off a pretty good performance last week at home. Again, it's another home game for him. They usually play good there, but I think he's in for a dud performance this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just thankful the Packers don't see the Browns until Christmas Day yeah. because hopefully that'll <laughs> give their offensive line enough time to get healthy here. That, and uh, so, so, and for those exact reasons, yeah, I'm with you. All right, so let's get to those wide receivers. Uh, who's a stud this week? Yeah, so I've got two guys that aren't normally in wide receiver two territory, but that I think can get there again this week. Um, now, Baltimore's tough, but uh, Cortland Sutton mm-hmm. is going to get all the opportunities that he can handle uh, for the Broncos here. We have him up at wide receiver 21, of course, with uh, with Hamler out now. Jerry Judy still out. Uh, Cortland Sutton will start to be if you it's tough in fantasy because, of course, Sutton missing uh, you know so much time. But he was coming out you know before that as a stud. And I think this is a game that they're going to have to keep throwing to be competitive and keep up with Lamar Jackson. He'll be their deep threat. He'll be a guy that gets a lot of touches. And the other guy I want to bring in is wide receiver too, Tyler Boyd against Jacksonville here. We know Jamar Chase is, uh, has proven us all wrong with his big can't catch the ball troll job, but Tyler Boyd's also a guy that's going to get a lot of touches with uh, T Higgins, presumably not back quite yet. And it's the Jaguars. So you're going to have plenty of chances against the Jags here. So two guys that don't normally fit in the wide receiver two territory mm-hmm. that could this week. I'm going to go kind of a deep end on a stud this week. Maybe it's a homer call, but I think uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling against Pittsburgh, I think he could have a big game here. And you think, well, no, the, you know, that Pittsburgh defense, they, they, they're going to have a bounce back. But, you know, watching that game against the Raiders a couple weeks ago and then, you know, the Bengals last week, they were giving up some big plays. I know they gave up the big play to Ruggs a couple weeks ago. Last year, or last week it was to Chase. So a guy like MVS, I think he can get through that secondary. I think he can put up some big numbers. Uh, this week now so I mean if if he's on your borderline maybe flex area maybe give him a go and put him in this week depending on Mm -hmm. how your roster is yeah I can't uh, I can't cut bait with MVS in my 12 team league and especially after last week when they started to show some chemistry you know I'm holding it on you know I was thinking about it after that Monday night game I was like man that was a close game and he they can't connect a single time here what are we doing but uh, you know he's still sticking around and he might make his way into my flex a few times especially when bye weeks come around here which are coming up all right, dud wide receiver. Okay, so we both talked about how much we like Sam Darnold, and uh, this Panthers receiving core has been solid. They're going to get more targets in general, but I think we saw a little bit last week. Uh, we're starting to see maybe a little bit of a change into the guard. Terrace Marshall is getting within a couple percentage and a couple routes of Robbie Anderson in terms of snap share and routes ran. And I think, uh, you know, the short passing game that McCaffrey benefited from a lot is going to help Terrace Marshall more, which is why mixed up against this Dallas defense, which has generally been pretty tough. I'm downgrading Robbie Anderson this week. We saw even in a, in a positive game script on Thursday night football, DJ Moore getting the, the big volume, the big percentage of the targets. He was targeted 12 times. Anderson only had two targets. 
Andy sees a much better better matchup this week. And the trend is that Terrace Marshall is starting to creep into here and might see more targets here. I mean, Marshall saw five to Anderson's two. And, uh, you know, they'll probably have to throw the ball more against Dallas here. So I'm a little worried about Robbie Anderson and just because of the competition and the uh, and just where he stands among targets on this team. And I also want to throw out a, a just pause on uh, Emmanuel Sanders here. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he's going up against Houston this week. So you'd think that'd be a glorious matchup. Yeah. Don't box score chase guys, you know, Buffalo, this could be a huge Allen Diggs game or they can keep the ball on the ground significantly after, you know, maybe getting some points off turnovers or maybe running the ball quick. Uh, and, and they've still got guys, you know, Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis, they're around, maybe not as big a factors as I would have thought they would have been, but, um, you definitely, uh, I'm not quite ready to chase the Emmanuel Sanders here. I mean, again, great game, but only mm-hmm. six targets compared to 10 for Diggs and 13 for Beasley. So I'm not picking him up and putting him in my lineups automatically by any means. My dud for this week, and it's uh, that Carolina-Dallas matchup. I'm going to go on the Dallas side. Amari Cooper, I think this is the time where we start seeing inconsistent weeks with him. That's always seemed to be his thing. He'll have five five or six good weeks, and then you won't see them. This Carolina defense is pretty good. They are on ranked uh, number one in the league, 191 total yards defense they've given up. Uh, they've got, uh, you know, they've been picking off the ball a couple times. Uh, they got three guys tied with an interception apiece. So they're ball hawks right now. They're doing pretty good on that Carolina defense. And I think C.D. Lamb, too, is starting to overtake uh, – a Cooper there a little bit more to get some more looks and touches and targets and all that stuff. So I think Amari Cooper might be in store for a dud game this week. Yeah. You know, it, it has the makings of it. The Panthers are seventh against opposing wide receivers and half point PPR. So top third of the league, they've only allowed, what, uh, they've allowed three touchdowns. So, you know, yeah. kind of middle of the pack there. Um, but the only thing, again, maybe this is personal experience for me, but I did a show a couple years ago and I said, you know what? I'm, I don't really like Amari Cooper. And then he went off and scored three <laughs> touchdowns on a, on a Thursday night game. And I just got so much flack for that. He's yeah. a guy that yes, most weeks, two out of the three weeks, if you say that you're going to be just fine, but every third week you, you just never know. Yeah. And he could go off. So I worry about throwing him out there as a dud. I definitely, I, I wouldn't be benching him personally this week for any reason. All right, so Steelers, Packers, we'll get on that. Uh, I mean, will Najee here? Najee uh, have a bunch of what did he have? Like twenty targets last week or something like that out of the backfield. I mean, that was nuts that he had last yeah. week. I, that ain't gonna happen again this week against the Packers, is it? Well, that's the that's the story of this last <laughs> game, and it could very well be the yeah. story this week. Yeah. The big thing is is you you know how much I love Deontay Johnson, and I hyped him up yeah. as being an absolute target machine. His routes are so crisp. There's every everything I like about Deontay Johnson. Who somebody had to get those 10, 15 targets shifted over, and it looks like. Big Ben. Okay, number one, if anyone watched that game, we can probably agree that Big Ben is washed. Yeah, he is looking like, you know, he's looking worse than kind of Peyton Manning in that last victory lap tour where he didn't have anything on the ball. He was never mobile in the pocket to begin with. He was never a scrambling threat. So you talk about guys like Big Ben versus, you know, some of the new generation of mobile quarterbacks, mobile quarterbacks tuck that ball and run. Big Ben finds out where the heck Najee Harris is and dumps the ball off to him. So, I mean, the Packers are going to need to have a... uh, you know, some kind of spy or something on defense, just watching where he is in the passing game here, because I I do not think Roethlisberger is going to be able to beat us, beat us downfield by any means. I think I, I see. I don't think, uh, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster isn't quite his, his old self yet. We can kind of use Jair Alexander to lock up Claypool, and I'm expecting Deontay Johnson not to play. And we're just going to have to defend against that dink and dunk. And, you know, I, I have some confidence 
uh, you know, in the Packers, the Steelers have a tough defense here. I mean, yeah. you're never going to bench, um, you're never going to bench Aaron Jones or any, any of your studs there, but, uh, they're, they're, they're pretty good between the tackles. And, uh, so you have to temper expectations there, but, uh, I'm even with the injuries on the Packers offensive line, I'm glad the Packers are drawing the Steelers right now at this time in the year when they're, you know, they just don't seem to have it quite all together here. So I'm actually pretty confident about the Packers this week. But of course, you know, every time I go in with expectations, we'll see what happens. Last week, I go in with no expectations and uh, they end up playing amazing. Hopefully they can get that here to continue. I mean, the Packers are, what do we have here? Six and a half point favorites here. And uh, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and I'll say, I think they can cover it this week. Yeah. At home, I think. And this is always like the TJ Watt game. Remember a couple of years ago, we could have TJ Watt instead. No. Yeah. So, Instead, we got Kevin King. Kevin King, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's where we are. So that point always gets brought up around this time. I always hear about that. So, yeah, I'm expecting oh, yeah. a big Packers uh, a victory against the Steelers. Like I said, yeah, I'm with you. I think they can get at least a, you know that six touchdown cover at least uh, this week mm-hmm. at home at Lambeau. Well, again, Rotowire, great stuff to get everyone ready for the week. And then when things happen and unfold, you guys are always up to date on, you know, look at this guy, pick this guy up when those injuries happen. Uh, tell us again waiver wire podcast and all the other stuff you guys have to offer yeah absolutely thanks for always uh spreading the love here uh youtube.com slash rotowire nice and easy we throw fantasy football videos at you throughout the week that's what you I, I needed a sub yesterday for the waiver wire show but john and joe do a great job uh getting you that and then we throw little videos for survivor pools uh for bets for i mean for anything that you might need you know recaps previews dfs everything on the youtube channel we get you with a lot of our best analysts here and of course uh, rotowire.com slash free uh gets you 10 days of the website no credit card no strings attached so you can see the stats that I'm looking at right now while I'm reading that, doing these shows and, and seeing the snap distribution and, and trying to predict in the future here what, what players are going to come out and emerge. So uh, you can get the same tools that I'm using here and uh, hopefully help you win those fantasy football leagues. Well, Jake, again, thanks for your time this week and uh, best of luck coming up. Yeah, best of luck. Right back at you too as well. And thanks as always for having me. Subscribe to the Fantasy Football Zone and give us a five-star rating while you're at it. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Football Zone podcast.